Disclaimer, while we are both licensed mental health professionals in the state of Georgia, anything stated in today's show is not intended to be used as a therapeutic intervention or clinical recommendation. We are not providing therapy during our show. Rather, we're bringing the insight and experience of our professional lives to dig deep into topics that impact women across the board. If you are in need of a professional therapist, please seek one out in your community. If you're experiencing a psychiatric emergency, please dial 911 or go to your closest emergency room. Crooked Talk Straight, a podcast by real women for real women who are looking for real change. Let's get comfy and get honest about what our lives really look like and what it takes to really live them to their fullest. No filters, no bullshit, no shame, just real honest talk from real everyday women. gang welcome back to another episode of sit crooked talk straight and guess who's back together again (laughs) reunited and it feels so good we should record like our like our um uh music video Ooh, that'll be next everybody be waiting for it it's gonna be amazing (laughs) it's true leanne and i are an arm's length distance away from one another in my house and um it feels so good it does it feels amazing (laughs) and we're um having a ball because that's what we do when we're together but we're also um, very aware of our topic for today, Ooh, yeah. and um, it's a heavy one because um, the month of September um, is Suicide uh, Prevention and Awareness Month. Yes, and it's also Recovery Awareness Month. We'll have a different episode dedicated to that. But today we're um, talking about just hard, heavy things. Yeah. That need to be brought to awareness. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about different signs that, that you can be aware of Mm -hmm. and some of the myths too, about talking about it and like what we sort of view as like what we should do, what we shouldn't do, all that stuff. Um, just to, again, bring some more awareness to it. And again, as you know, both of us are licensed mental health professionals, this is not part of counseling and this is to bring awareness that is part of what we love to do is to bring awareness to all of you so that we can be on this journey together, feel supported, feel connected and know that we're not alone in, in this journey. So this is something that we've sort of been, I feel like it literally has been like looming, right? We're like, okay, we're going to talk about this. Okay. I was just going to comment on that. We have a sheet of our topics and we have recorded, we've recorded ones that aren't going to be aired until November. (laughs) And we were like, we, we have this this important episode and this important message and what you just said a second ago, Leanne, with the, um, the connection and like knowing that we're Mm -hmm. not alone. I know that when I have counseled, um, professionally counseled people who have suicidal ideation and suicidal ideation is just a fancy word for thoughts of wanting to end your life thoughts. Mm -hmm. Ideation is just thoughts. Um, and so you can have suicidal ideation and not actually act on anything. Um, there's lots of technical terms and and we'll, we'll unpack a little bit of that because I think it's important that we put some language to it. Um, because that isolation is what so many, if not every single one, like they just feel so alone. Right. My own story has, that thread woven into it of Mm -hmm. just feeling like no one's going to get it. Mm -hmm. Even if I try, I couldn't. And so self-disclosure, I have had 
episodes where I have um, been suicidal. I've had serious suicidal ideation. I've reached out and gotten help for it. And at the time, I don't believe that if I had the words to actually describe what I was going through, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't, I just didn't have the language. It was just such a heavy feeling. Right. It was just so dark. I, I often call it the darkness. Yeah. Um, because it's like a, a, the a lights, veil. the lights are off. Yep. I can't see anything. No one is around. And so it's just right. Like that isolation, no one's going to get it. And so even if I had the words to articulate it, no one would be able to like get it. Mm -hmm. No one would get me. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about this and if you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't, this doesn't apply to me. I don't, I've never been suicidal. I don't know anybody who's been suicidal. I'm going to say, yeah, pump the brakes. Right. The likelihood is, is that you do know somebody. Absolutely. And there, and again, that's why we're going to go through some of the signs, some of the symptoms to look out for, because it's not, I mean, some of it might be right. The stereotypical, right. That isolation, the withdrawal, things like that, but it also doesn't mm -hmm. look like that. And that is so important. And I think, you know, there's so many examples and Katie and I were saying this, it's just like, there's so many examples of, you know, celebrities. Um, you know, I, I immediately thought of Robin Williams, where it's just like, this is a quote from him. I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel that way. Right. So it's like, and he was just, I mean, I just love him. And I know, you know, personal friends that have had this experience where, a friend of theirs, like they thought they, you look at them on the outside and it's like, they have it all together and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I mean, there was somebody that was, I mean, really making it in the, in her field and meeting all of these celebrities and stuff. And she committed suicide and they were again on the outside, there's no symptoms. There's nothing to, you know, you just, people think that they're busy or this or that. Right. Um, so I think it's important to, to recognize that it looks different for different people. Mm -hmm. uh, and you likely have known somebody that has thought considered mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, attempted, attempted, and you might not even know that, you know, it might be in their past. And, and I'm talking about, so I want to bring something up too, of just, it could be very passive suicidal ideation mm -hmm. where, and I know the majority, I wish I knew the statistic on this, but the majority of people are like, you know what? I wonder what would happen if I just like drove into that tree mm. or if I just drove off this, you know, bridge. I know I've had that thought multiple times throughout my life. So, same, you know, just recognizing that it's out there. And I wanted to bring that up just for anybody else that, you know, may have had that thought and didn't really consider it, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. It comes in all shapes and sizes. It mm -hmm. comes in all forms. And the, the, the overarching message I think that is important to get across is we're going to go over the, like some warning signs and triggers and, some resources and, and also the people in your life who don't want you to know that they're struggling mm. are not going to let you know that they are struggling. And mm -hmm. so none of this is, you know, you need to know what these signs are so that you can do something. Awareness is what we're trying to bring to the, the table, but also if somebody dies by suicide, there's, there's likely a, a really good chance that there's nothing that you could have done. Yes. And so, right. Like it's, it's a mixed yeah. bag. It's a mixed bag of, right. Like how, how do we talk about this in a way that like, I want to also shine some light on the hope side because there, yes. I, I mean, the numbers of those who die by suicide versus those who attempt suicide, and I'm not celebrating attempts, um, but I will celebrate a missed attempt. Yes. <laughs> I will celebrate that um, all day long because 
having been in the darkness and feeling like there's never going to be light again, but always, always in my, my history, my story is the light has always come back. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe that it ever would. I didn't believe that it ever could. I was for sure going to be in the darkness forever. And, and that was just a lie. That was, it was not the truth. Right. And so we're, we're wanting to kind of look at it from different perspectives, but I don't want anybody to hear, um, you need to, to learn, you know, these signs or anything so that you can go and prevent, right. <laughs> prevent. Maybe it, that will be part of your story. Most likely though, again, and you mentioned it, we're good at, but a lot of us who have experienced suicidal ideation, we're really good at hiding it. We're right. really good at presenting a certain way so that nobody else can tell because mm-hmm. we don't want to be a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we don't worry people. We don't want to impose upon anybody. And so we just kind of, we, we hide it and there, right. and it's also shameful. Well, and that's what I wanted to say on both ends, right? This is not a shame based, right. you know, discussion right. where it's on either side. Right. Cause then there's, you know, I think about survivor's guilt. Oh gosh. Right. Big where, time. where it's just recognizing and, 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 and to, gosh, I almost hate to say this, but like to normalize survivor's guilt, because I want people to know that that's just a process that yeah. you go through. And, um, uh, I mean, it's just yeah, super it's, common with, with suicide, with, um, car accidents, plane mm-hmm. crashes, anytime there's a, a tragic event or trauma, it's, it's completely normal to have those feelings and those like, why, you know, I feel, I feel bad that I didn't know. I feel mm-hmm. bad that I'm still, I feel bad that I'm not the one that was suicide. Like, why do I, I should have, I should have checked up on them. I should have done this. And again, we will go over the signs and symptoms and right. And, and I, I think that that's all tied to the myth that, um, if we talk about it, it'll make it more likely to happen. Right. Right. So we don't ask those questions. And I mean, like, I know that I struggled with this when I was, you know, counseling people that I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, early on in my counseling, I was really worried about talking about it. And I had to, like, just get used to it. And almost like if you suggested it, like if you mentioned it, like you suggested it and then something happened, like that would have been because you put the idea in their head, exactly. which is so not. No, that's just not how it works. No, that's we, a lie too. That's a lie too. We don't, we don't ask, we don't say to somebody, Hey, I really care about you. And I'm afraid that, that you're at risk for hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to die by suicide. Right. That, that, that's the catalyst for somebody to be like, all right, I'm doing it. That's it. Right. You like push that's, that last button. That it, was that last string. That's not how it works. Yeah. Not, uh, not how it works. Yeah. Um, and so, but we, I, I do like that you use the language, like the normalization of survival survivor's guilt, because that is, there's, there are, um, activities and events and we'll go through some of them, bef- um, during the show and then also in the show notes, but there are, um, international survivors of suicide loss yeah. days and there are community walks, um, to honor, um, those who, um, climbed out of the darkness. There's actually one of them is called out of the darkness. Um, mm. and it is created by, um, the AFSP, the, oh, let's see if I can get the American, American foundation for suicide prevention. And, and there's Facebook pages and there's websites and there's all kinds of resources, but to circle back to bringing it up and talking about it doesn't increase the odds. Yeah. Um, it actually, it actually creates space for there to be conversation. And then when we remove the isolation and that shame, it changes the narrative inside of our brains and it actually makes it less likely for somebody to follow through with Mm -hmm. um, an act of self-harm or um, an attempt to kill oneself. And so, yeah, we just, we're, we're going to just talk about all the hard things. It's going to be heavy. Um, the quote that you read from Robin Williams immediately brought tears to my eyes. I right? like that. Yeah. Just, um, I think about a lot of the celebrities and, and part of me is kind of like, why do we talk about celebrities when like, there's 
all these really all these human beings, regular, normal human beings that are that are also struggling. Yeah. And, and we don't talk about them. We don't know them. Right. Um, well, go ahead. no, it just made me it make me think of um, this this young girl. Well, now she's in her 30s. She was young when I met her. It was at my first counseling job. Mm-hmm. And um, she reached out to me and she said, you know, I just want to she'll reach out every once in a while and she'll just be like, hey, you know, how you doing? Da, da, da. Um, and last week or wherever, it was like a week or two ago, she was like, I just wanted to thank you mm-hmm. because that that day that you brought me out to, we ended up getting a goldfish for her birthday. I got her a goldfish for her birthday. She picked it out. Its name was Hope. Oh, she wow. said, I had plans to commit suicide that night. Wow. Right. And now she is like, I met her when she was 18. She's 33 right now with three kiddos married. Um, yeah. That just brought tears to my eyes um, because she's very special to me. And I didn't know. Right. And I was a light, <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, uh, just going to, you don't know what's going to change the course. You don't know, um, unless, unless you ask. And even then I was asking and she mm. was just like, nope. Cause she knew mm-hmm. I was a licensed professional. And if she yep. said yes, things happen. A whole lot of things <laughs> get put into action when, yeah. when that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain out there. There's a lot of people who are grieving and, um, Mm -hmm. in the darkness and they are suffering silently. And if that's you, so I want to talk to you now, the potential person who's in the darkness, you're not alone. And although it feels like it, and although there are lots of messages inside of your head that are telling you that I'm wrong and I'm lying and that it's never going to get better, I pray that there's a part of you that hears both me and Leanne say today that you are beyond worthy of receiving help. Mm -hmm. And it does get light again. Mm-hmm. It just does. The darkness, I mean, in so many different ways of like cliche ways of saying it, right? Like the the darkness doesn't last forever and it's always darkest before the dawn. And it's right, right? like all those, but the light comes. Yeah. I promise you the light comes. And so our hope is that people ask for help or give enough um, time and space for the darkness to pass. And, and we, we love and we don't honor suicide, but we honor people. Yes. We honor people who. I just want to say we honor all people we because we people all period. have a purpose on this planet at this time. Right. <sighs> Um, and a lot of times we can forget that we don't feel it. We don't feel like we're heard or seen, um, or understood. And that again, it could be very lonely. Um, so being able to move through, right. Move through, if you want to call it the darkness, I often think about it when I get really scared or when I, when I like, yeah, when I, when I get really scared is when I'm in apathy. Mm-hmm. Apathy is probably the darkest place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm just sort of given up on everything and I'm still here. Mm. So again, it, if <laughs> what's crazy is that if you give yourself, like Katie was saying enough space, to move through that, that place, that is when I have had the most transfer, like some of the most transformative experiences in my life. Um, and I just remember one of the darkest moments of my life when I was truly in apathy is when I found my spirit and is like that, that place, again, I moved through it. I didn't you know, hurt myself or anything like that. But on the other side of that was this reconnection, Mm. right. With, um, something greater than myself. 
Mm, right. Yeah. That's, it's hard to describe it. And especially if you're in the throes of it, it, the words don't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. The words don't land. Um, but that I'll, I'll say I've had similar experiences that where it has been the darkest moments have been right before something very pivotal has happened in my spiritual life, um, finding my purpose, um, reconnecting with a part of me that, um, that I had like closed off or shut off, ignored, um, lost sight of. And not that I believe, cause I I don't believe that you have to go to the depths, Mm -hmm. um, in order to, to get to the, the mountaintop, right? Like I don't believe that there are valleys required. (laughs) Um, although there's a lot more growth that happens in the valleys, let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at like true legitimate, like valleys and mountains, tops of mountains are hard and rocky and there's not a lot growing there. Oftentimes (laughs) valleys, lots of growth, lush growth actually. Um, and so there's, there's something to that as well, but not apples to apples in this comparison (laughs) or this analogy, but just, um, yeah, the recognition that this, whatever it is that might be going on could be the moment that brings you to a whole new place of, living life to its fullest and, and what a contrast, I mean, what mm-hmm. a contrast that is, yeah. right. Of the darkness and and wanting to die, wanting to end one's life leading to the, the, the mountaintop experience of, right. of purpose filled, um, passionate, authentic living. Right. right? And, well, you think yeah. about, you know, it's it's the term that I use very often, and I know this isn't just my term, but it's like the breakdown before the breakthrough and that breakdown, it's really hard. You know, it's, it's hard to see past it and, and sort of remind yourself of, well, I'm going through a breakthrough. Mm. I have to like, that's something I have to repeat to myself over and over and over, like flooding the airwaves of like, all right, I'm having a breakthrough. I'm having a breakthrough. I'm having a breakthrough. Yep, yep. Um, something that really helped me honestly was some matter respiratory integration, SRI, um, where, and I mean, amongst so many other things, I've had amazing mentors, amazing spiritual mentors, um, so many different, uh, healing exercises or like therapeutic techniques with, you know, um, tapping and, Mm. you know, with EFT. And so anyways, it's a whole gamut of things. And, Um, but yeah, it was like, that was something that really helped me to understand like the suffering process and then Mm -hmm. the way to, to move through it's It's the 12 stages of healing, um, by Donnie Epstein Mm -hmm. that it's just, it was written forever ago, but it's just so he was so beyond his time, like many visionaries. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, there are so many different techniques to help you understand yourself and to move through these spaces. You don't have to be suffering forever, you know, and that's the message that, that I hope people can hear that we're both trying to convey and right. It's, we can't control it. We can just do our best to put the information out there and to put our experiences out there. Um, because it doesn't, it doesn't look, I mean, I remember I did a TikTok, and one of, one of the people that I've known for a couple of years, they're like, I had no clue you dealt with depression. Mm. Like, yeah. And that's how it was, right. That's Mm. how it was all through high school. I was this happy go lucky party girl, um, life of the party. And I mean, I'm still happy go lucky Mm -hmm. in a different way, in a more genuine way before it was masking and masking and masking. Right. So it was just like, I have to put on this face. I, you know, I can't let anybody see me And it. That happened up, you know, I would say probably into my thirties. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Man, as people, people let you see what they want you to see. Yeah. Um, and if you have somebody, cause I can remember like asking for help even as recently as nine months ago mm-hmm. and trusting having somebody that I trusted and having people in my life that I could say, Hey, I'm really going through this thing. Mm-hmm. And again, it, this circles back to the pulling out of isolation and not the kind of pulling out of like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, yeah. no. but like the, the almost like 
if if like life were pulling me out, right? I guess something bigger, and that's a spiritual component for me, but something bigger than me pulled me out of that isolation and that shame and allowed me to be surrounded by people. And, and so there's just, I, you know, there's so much hope in making it through and, and giving yourself the grace and the space to go through and to experience, but not to make any final decisions. There's just so much hope. Hi friends. If traditional therapy has left you wanting more, please check out my website, releasewithkatie.com. That's release, like letting go, with Katie, spelled K-A-T-I-E.com. My name is Katie Myers and I'm a licensed clinical social worker, life coach, and energy healer. I combine my years of therapeutic skills with my life coach knowledge and my energy healer training to provide you a transformative experience. If that's what you're looking for, again, head over to my website, releasewithkatie.com, email me at releasewithkatie at gmail.com, or give me a call. I can't wait to connect with you and see where your journey takes you. Hello, amazing ladies. This is Leanne Jamison, founder of Essentially Zenfall. I am so excited to be able to offer you an opportunity to expand in every dimension of your life. Through the Next Level Life Purpose Coaching Program, we will guide you into gaining that clarity of what your most purpose-filled life looks like, what your life purpose is, and really aligning with that next level that you are meant to live in your most authentic self. We will connect you with like-minded women who are there to support and encourage you and cheer you on. We will help you keep your accountability and your commitments to yourself because guess what? You're worth it. And your vision in your life is worth it. We will help you gain the confidence to be able to take every courageous step towards that highest life vision. So we are here for you. Just reach out at easyliving.space. You can check us out there. That's the letter E, the letter Z, living.space, or just reach out to me. I am all over social media. The best way to reach out to me is through hello at essentiallyzenful.com. You can all also reach me through Facebook at Essentially Zenful. So I cannot wait to hear from you. And yeah, there's, there's, and a, there's so much help and there's so much help. There's so many resources. Um, do you want to go through some of the resources or some of the warning signs? Yeah. Um, why don't we do that? Cause we already told people we we're going to do that. So we, we did, <laughs> we should, we should follow through on we that. We should follow through on that. So well, I'm going to just reference a few websites. Um, the national Institute of mental health, the N I M H, um, dot gov is a, as a site that talks about suicide prevention, um, suicide rates. We can talk a little bit about that. Um, numbers are not in for the last couple of years. There's usually a lag, um, but the recent numbers that have been published on the NIMH are showing that there was a trend of it, of suicides actually going down, declining. So it was about 10.4, um, I'll just read it so I don't like make stuff up. The total, <laughs> it says the total age adjusted suicide rate in the United States increased 35.2% from 10.4 per 100,000 in 2000, the year 2000 to 14.2 per 100,000 in the year 2018 before declining to 13.9 per 100,000 in the year 2019 and declining again to 13.5 per 100,000 in the year Mm. 2020. So that shows us there was an increase from 10 to 14%. And then over the last two years, it's dropped down to 13.9 and 13.5. Any number is going to be too high. Um, And I'm I'm really curious what's going to happen over these last couple of years with pandemic. Pandemic, right. Um, and then of course the, the statistics around males being four times higher to die by suicide, um, over female counterparts has, that's been consistent right. across, right. um, across the board. Well, they, yeah. More lethal. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of statistics. There's a lot of data. I just said a bunch of numbers. Um, <laughs> I said more numbers in that one sentence than I've said probably in the last <laughs> five years. Um, but you can go and do some research through um, also this website. There are just a, t- a bunch of additional resources if you're in crisis. There is also the... Um, the can you read the suicide prevention just in case anybody... The lifeline? Yeah, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 988. So we call 911 when there's a like medical or emergency um, related to like a crisis of some sort. If it's specific to suicide and crisis, call 988. There's also the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's a 1-800 number and it's 1-800-273-TALK. T-A-L-K or 8255. Thank you. And we will go and put that in our show notes as well. Um, And really that 988 is super recent. Mm. It says starting July 16th. Um, So super recent that that has gone into effect, which is kind of wild that we've not had it before now, but we've got it now. So we'll be grateful for that. so, so that's one website. Well, and then there's also 988lifeline.org. There is, um, obviously when you Google, um, suicide prevention or suicide awareness or, um, also know that again, this kind of goes back to that original myth of, if you talk about it, if you're, if you're searching, if you're like looking stuff up and you're being fascinated by the idea of suicide, talk to somebody. Yeah. You may not be, um, you may not have the means or a plan or the awareness that you might be heading into some of that darkness. Um, but find somebody that, you know, love and trust and knows, loves and trusts you to, to confide in around. I'm having these, these different thoughts because catching it early, um, allows for there to be more prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's also the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I mentioned this earlier, AFSP. Um, They do so many events. I mentioned the Walking Out of Darkness. Mm. uh, That's where they do overnight walks. It's for people who um, are survivors or have um, experienced their own suicidal ideation or attempts. And it's basically coming out of the darkness, right? Right. Like it's... yeah, that, that comparison or analogy is so fitting. Is there an Atlanta walk? Yeah. So there's actually, um, they're all over different communities. You can look up, oh, cool. um, the one for Atlanta. I just pulled up Atlanta cause that's Oh yeah, where, that is out of the darkness. Out of the darkness. Atlanta walk is November the 6th, Piedmont park, two o'clock. Um, so you can look up the AFSP.org. Um, there's a tab that is, um, out of the darkness walks, and then you can go to the community section and look up. And I just typed in Atlanta. Um, and there were, or no, I'm sorry. I selected Georgia. You can mm. select it by state yeah, and then you can scroll. Cause I remember seeing things for Columbus and Savannah and nice. Athens and, and all over the state. So you can search, but yeah, there are community walks and you can get um, involved. You can find ways to volunteer. Um, and there's actually, I'm looking at my screen right now and it's uh, the beginning of a YouTube clip from a previous walk. And there's a man and the quote is a whole lot of love. It, it just radiates love. And I love that yes. um, because there is so much love. And the last thing I feel when I'm in the darkness is love. I don't yeah. feel that for myself. I don't feel it from others, even if it's right in front of me. And, but it's there. Yeah. It's- all around. And I wonder too, like this quote sort of, or this connection came to me of just like the opposite of fear. Um, and I can't remember who said this. I'm probably going to botch it, but it's like the opposite of fear isn't faith. It's actually love. Mm-hmm. And when I think about suicide, it's this, it's this fear that nobody gets us. It's this fear that we're always going to be in the darkness. It's this fear Right. So that, that quote right there is just so fitting. 
Um, and so much of what we need is that, yeah. Yeah. That, that heart connection. That absolutely. I think that, um, is the understatement of this whole show, right? Is love and that connection Mm -hmm. is, is what, and that's why like when you share and I'm a fan of, at least personally, I share the different parts, the hard parts of my story, um, for, in hopes that if there's somebody else out there struggling, they will hear and know that they're not alone. And so then they will maybe talk to somebody and right, like, it's just a snowball, this beautiful, Mm. um, sharing snowball that helps keep us sane and alive. Um, because it has, it's kept me sane and alive at times, right? The, the, my ability to share and to hear other people share. And like you said, Leanne, when you posted something on TikTok and somebody wrote you and said, I had no idea that gave, you gave somebody permission Mm. to experience what they were experiencing with a little bit less shame. Mm. Oh. right like you, yeah. you you that's what you do when you when we share when you share and, and well yeah and Brene Brown she talks about a shame it's it wants to be in isolation it yeah. wants to make us believe that we're the only ones that you know nobody else will get us and mm-hmm. when we do when each of us shares and this goes back to busting that myth of like oh don't share don't, don't share talk. that you struggled with it don't don't talk, don't about, talk it. about it don't do this it's actually we, we're doing the opposite when we talk mm-hmm. about it we are you know a lot of times people think we're normalizing suicide so that it happens more often mm-hmm. but no we're just normalizing suicide because every fucking person probably thinks about it at least once in their lifetime yep so yeah. <laughs> whether yeah whether it's that fleeting thought yep um so there's like suicidality that is fleeting thoughts. Um, what would it be like if I didn't wake up tomorrow morning? Right. Right. Like a a more of a hopelessness and not just wanting to get out of the pain of whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're experiencing all the way to the other end of the spectrum of, I have a plan, I have the means I'm writing notes. And there's also like this, um, we learn this in, in therapy school and, and counseling and working with, um, for Leanne and I, especially young adults, mm-hmm. um, in early recovery, there was always this fear that when somebody had kind of like a turnaround where they're like, all of a sudden were had like a brighter affect and, they, ah, and, yes. it, and it was like, are they, are they truly better or have they made a decision? Yes. Have they, and especially when people start, and this goes into like some of the signs and the symptoms too, right? right? Where like, oh my goodness. Like when somebody started giving away their things, yeah. And sharing their things. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And and again, this is somebody that has identified that they have been suicidal before. And right. um, it's something that they had, you know, and I don't even want to say struggled with, but, yeah. but it is, I mean, it yeah. is, it is, a, it's a suffered. How about that? A suffered with. Yeah. Uh, Cause it is a deep suffering. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I almost forgot about that. I've just like, yeah, when there's a turnaround and they're all happy and I'm like, oh man, why do I have to be sad about that too? Or like careful or about cautious. that or cautious. Yeah. yeah. Not sad, but just like, woo, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Red flag potentially. Yeah. Um, and, and just being aware of that. And again, talking about it, are you in a good place because hope mm. has returned? Or are you in a good place because you got your affairs in order? Right. And, you... and just asking them point blank, yep. like what has just shifted for you? Yep. That's yeah. Um, super important. Um, I'll go through, I'll start, um, and where I'm pulling this from and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's actually a Penn state health, um, document. Mm. Um, and it just says there, I mean, there are warning flags and, or I'm sorry, red flags and warning signs. Um, and so some of these things might be visible. Some of these things, might not be visible. Mm -hmm. Some of these things might be visible and there is suicidal ideation. Some of these things might be visible and there's no suicidal ideation. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that we're about to go into. Um, and it's not until we get toward the, um, very end where we start to, to identify like really seeking out a lethal means, um, that, that sometimes you won't know until, until somebody just is honest 
with you or you are honest with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, mood changes and really intense feelings. If there's overwhelming fear for no reason, um, self-loathing and self-hatred is a red flag and warning sign, mm-hmm. neglect of personal appearance. And we talked about this before too, um, feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, lack yeah. of purpose, feeling trapped. Um, and, and this is, um, a, a mini segue into what you were talking about before of kind of like the, the breakdown before the breakthrough. Yes. Feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, lack of purpose, or feeling trapped. That was, that was me because I was in the wrong career. Yes. I was living a lie. I was, there was hopelessness, helplessness, lack of purpose and feeling trapped. There's no way out. And I'm not, I'm not minimizing um, or being flippant. I, li- I literally, I was Truly. in, I was in mental health outpatient treatment towards the end of my corporate career because I was living a lie. Yes. I'm totally there with you. There are two huge moments where that hit me. One of them was, you know, my daughter was two. So quite a while ago, she's 15 now. Um, where I was really afraid for the future and I noticed I was trying to control everything Mm -hmm. and it just became so overwhelming and I just didn't see any way out, like any way out of the Mm -hmm. situation that we were in. We were in, yeah, it was, it was really, really rough. Um, and then the other one was when I was coming to the end towards the end of my, my corporate career, because I knew I was living a lie. I, I wasn't, you know, it was that confusion. I'm just like, why do I feel so bad when everybody tells me I should be so grateful, right? I'm a piece of shit because I can't see what other people see and I'm hurting my family and I'm hurting all the people around me. And yeah. And it's, it's just, bleh. it's it real dark. It gets, yeah. And so, you know, again, not to, um, not everybody gets to that dark, that place of darkness when they're not aligned with their highest truth. Right. But I would dare say that probably more people find themselves in that space than we'll ever talk about it. Yeah. That we'll ever know. Because again, that we just keep it quiet and we right. just keep pretending. And if I can just keep my head down and keep fitting my square peg yeah. into a round hole, everybody else around me will be happy, but I'll, I'll lose sight of, of everything that I want or need in life. Right. And then frankly, like, it's just not worth it. Like there's no job that's worth somebody's life. There's no expectation that a family member or a loved one has of you that's worth your life. There's just no, um, there's nothing period. There's nothing worth losing your life period over. Mm -hmm. Um, so continuing on some more, um, red flags, behavior changes, um, substance abuse, we're going to talk about, um, September also being national recovery month and oftentimes, unfortunately, substance use disorders and suicide are, um, like cousins or siblings, they go together and it's, um, whether it's accidental overdose or intentional because of that hopelessness, but substance abuse is, is often a red flag. Um, physical harm, if there's self-injury, um, cutting of oneself, burning, um, Mm. you know, the stereotypical or though I think the most commonly known are like, um, cut, cutting. That's yeah. Um, that was me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, having physical symptoms, um, chronic headaches, stomach aches, or, or the feeling of unbearable pain. And that's a somatic psychosomatic, Mm -hmm. um, representation, right? Like I'm feeling the sadness, but I can't feel the sadness. And so I have a headache instead. Yeah. Manifests in a physical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, difficulty concentrating change in eating and sleeping habits, talking about suicide or death. Um, if you hear people saying, I wish I hadn't been born or if I see you again, or I'd be better off dead. This is a great time to have that really difficult conversation. That this is your moment. Yeah. This is your moment when. That's that door open. Somebody is, think uh, there's, <laughs> when that, when those words are uttered, 
again, we're not celebrating the the suicidality. We're celebrating the courage that it takes to say those words. Right. But if somebody is saying those words, there's your moment. There's Take it seriously. And I don't yeah. care how many times they have said it before, because I know a lot, I mean, especially in our field, they're like, oh, they're just trying to get attention. And I think that that's more of a, a, an older thinking yeah or belief pattern now that we have more and more awareness and mental health is less stigmatized, even though it's still stigmatized, Mm -hmm. less stigmatized, um, of just like, they just want, (laughs) this is what I would always say to parents with self harmers, because again, I've been there. They're like, she's just crying for attention. I'm like, of course, well then listen to her. Right. (laughs) Then let's figure out, let's figure out what that attention need deficit is and and meet it. (laughs) Yeah. And and again, that goes back to that myth that it'll just fuel the fire. It's just going to, you know, increase the behavior. We're rewarding bad behavior. Mm. That's not it. We want to talk about it. Right. It's just not the case. Yeah. Um, and then the last, um, couple, um, seeking out lethal means, right? Like if somebody all of a sudden is like, I'm, I've been really depressed and I decided to get a gun. Yeah. Um, right. Like those are, those are scary moments that we want to pay attention to. Um, getting affairs in order. We mentioned this before Mm -hmm. there's, if there's, um, if people are saying also, and these are the last two saying goodbye, um, getting their affairs in order, a sudden, a sudden sense of calm. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be because they've made the decision right, and that hopelessness has left them because they know that they are not going to continue on. Or right. They, there's they, an end in sight. Yep. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Right. Um, and so those are just, um, the, those are the the 16 red flags and warning signs that are mm-hmm. listed on this Penn State document mm-hmm. that we will link over in the show notes. And Well, and I wanted to say, too, it's not that. So if somebody comes to. So this is for people, right? Maybe people that have this feeling and not sure of all the signs and symptoms and like how to gauge it. So people that are feeling this way, but also, you know, so it's for those people and, you know, we listed the the resources for the people that are having suicidal thoughts, but when somebody comes to you and they maybe do talk, you know, show these signs or symptoms, you don't have to feel alone in this either, right? There's, and that's what we talk about. There's no shame in both, you know, either of these where, um, you're not expected to know all of the things, right? Like I said before, you know, as a mental health professional and like, I wasn't even aware that that was part of her plan on her birthday, um, of my old clients. So, um, you can judge me for that all you want. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, and then walk a mile in her shoes and then we'll see. (laughs) But, but seriously, so it's just, it's looking at, you know, you don't have to be alone in that either. So talking to them and, and like helping them. And I don't mean to put it on you, but just like, Hey, you really need to get some help. Like Mm -hmm. we need to, to, to get you some help. I remember the best thing I could have done, um, for one of my friends, when she was talking to me and I was in high school, I went to the guidance counselor. I'm like, I don't know what to do. That's perfect. And my friend was really mad at me and she got over it and she's still alive and she has two kids and she is like killing it in her career. So, so let's like, that's such a great quick point, um, to make as far as, (laughs) (laughs) as far as, um, I don't want to make anybody mad. Um, I don't want my friend to get mad at me if I tell an adult that they're, or I, you know, I tell, um, a a professional that that they need help. So people get over being mad. Yeah. Um, they do not get over being dead. Right. And so my favorite thing to say, especially when working in addiction recovery, um, substance use disorders is, um, I would rather step on your toes. Mm then walk over your grave. Yes. So step on toes, um, make people mad. You can make people as mad as, as they want to be. Um, but if you're seeking out help and really, I mean, if somebody comes to you and they, they start to share this or you're like, Oh shoot, like this is like, it's happening. Like, and I don't know what to do. Call that nine, eight, eight, right. Call and and say like, I love you. I love you too much to not do something. Right. And let's call this number and ask for help. And even if the person doesn't want you to, I say to hell with that, right? right? Like, because again, 
I you that you can get over being mad. Yeah. You well, know? and and for me too, it's just like, what would I regret more? Yeah. Right? Saying something or not saying something. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes saying something is hard and it's scary and um and necessary. Yeah. And you, you know? can you can do hard things. Yes. Um, you can do hard things. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen yeah um i just want to thank you all thank you all for listening um i hope that you were able to take some information take the resources again we're going to have all the resources in our show notes um there are really great uh movies even you know as we again like i said the stereotyping of mental health has decreased there's more information out there um you know so so we'll have all of that information in the show notes but we are just i want to i want to express that for everybody out there like we are so grateful that you are alive today. We are mm-hmm. so grateful that you are here, that you are listening. Mm-hmm. We're so grateful that you have chosen, right, to be alive at this time, to share your light, to shine your light, and so honored that you chose us to join um, for this last hour. I don't even know how long it's been, but I was just going to say an hour. (laughs) Um, so, and again, if you are suffering, there's help out there. If you know somebody that's suffering, there's help out there. And we just are always sending our light and our love to all of you. So, um, yeah, don't stay quiet. Be kind right? That's another quote that I love is be kind for everyone is fighting their own battle. Mm. So let's be kind. Let's spread compassion and love and hope. Mm. So thank you. I'm so honored that you spent your time with us. And until next time, we are signing off of Sick Record Talk Straight with so much love. Love and light, yeah. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is always an honor and privilege to be on this journey with you. Stay curious, connected, compassionate, and courageous. If you're looking for different ways to connect with the work that we both do, please check out our sites, easyliving.space, that's E-Z, living, L-I-V-I-N-G, dot space, or release with Katie. Release like letting go with Katie, K-A-T-I-E dot com for more information. As always, love and light from us to you.